And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Can you turn your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 9? I've been trying to move away from that text, but it is, it is, I think it's appropriate the Lord would have us do this text this morning because of where we are now in this world. Amen? And as you know, we've been going over the text for the last, I think, four or five Sundays. And I was about to move. And the Lord said to me, I need you to remain here on this text. Because I do have a word for my people. Amen. And it's, it's amazing how, you know, in this culture, we thank God for the United States and where we are as a people. Amen. We thank God for the blessings. But alas, brothers and sisters, we should be doing more. Elas, <laughs> brothers and sisters, I think our commitment. Mm-hmm, can you say commitment? Yes, I think our commitment should be stronger. Amen. Do not take the blessings we have here for granted. Some other people in this world wish they had this opportunity to be able to praise the Lord and say thank you, Jesus. Some people cannot say, it, brothers and sisters. That's why you and I need to hang in there. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. We need to be faithful, committed, loyal, authentic. Mm-hmm. When you see what's happening in the world, brothers and sisters, I, 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 look, I look at it on TV and I go on my knees thanking God for his blessings in this country. I know many of you have your opinions about this country and what's going on but i will tell you god bless america <laughs> now, some of you might not be able to say it i understand that you've been here and we've had our challenges i know that i know that brothers and sisters i'm not i, I know that amen my head is not in the sand like an ostrich are you with me? But after all is said and done, I will say, God bless America. I'm saying that with experience as somebody who's lived on the other side of the world. And I've seen mayhem like you've never seen. I will say, God bless the United States of America. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. If you've seen things like I've seen, you will say, God bless America. Yes, sir. Glory be to God. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. Can somebody say, oh, Jesus? Yeah, oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so in this particular text, in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62, Jesus is looking for individuals who will commit to the cause. Can you say commit to the cause? Yeah. And we see him on three different occasions with three different individuals. Amen. Pushing for commitment because you see he's on the way to the cross and he's, he's about business. He's looking for a can you say a few good men and women? Now hear me, when we say men in Christendom, we're referring to, hum to human beings. Amen? We know that here at Imitators of God Ministries. Amen? God loves all gender. For that, for that matter, in the spirit, there is one gender. 
sons of God. Can you say sons of God? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> some sons have womb, some sons don't. Well, let me say it again. <laughs> For purpose of procreation on the earth, some sons have wombs. Mm -hmm, others don't. Amen. <laughs> but we are all sons of God. Is that all right? Hallelujah. So we see here, Jesus is on his way. And brothers and sisters, as we go through the text, let me tell you what I'm going to discuss quickly. I, I, I want to address the barriers, the obstacles to commitment, to committing to following Jesus as should. We see them so very clear in the text. But what I want to do, I want to pull them out and highlight them because maybe these are the obstacles and the barriers and the hindrances and the impediments that we are experiencing that's preventing us from committing, from being faithful. Can you say faithful to God? I have an exhibit. I want you to show my first exhibit. Oh, glory be to God. I think... I forgot to mention to the technicians that I had an exhibit. <laughs> I have only one exhibit, but it's a very powerful exhibit. And I would love at a certain point in time, if they're able to get it, to show it, amen. I think it will bring, it will help us and bring what I'm going to talk about into perspective. Because uh, the truth be told, I believe these are hindrances we all can identify with. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 52. I'm going to read through it rather expeditiously. Amen. While they get my exhibit. Amen. So Jesus, Luke chapter 9, verse 57. And it came to pass as that as they went in the way, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Amen. With they here, means he and the 12 disciples. And of course, an entourage, a lot of people are following, so to speak. And uh, uh, while he went his way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And you, you remember we said last week, we know from the way Jesus, is, Jesus responded, we know that he, was, he had an ulterior motive. His motive was not necessary to follow Jesus. He wanted to tag along for the benefits he could experience. Amen. So Jesus responded by saying, now if somebody comes to you and volunteer like that, amen. Pastor, I want to be in the worship team. Amen. I mean, wouldn't you say yes? But in their hearts, they just want to be seen. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what Jesus is dealing with. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening to our worship team. I just use this as an example. Amen. But that is what Jesus is. That's what's experiencing. So Jesus, Jesus is a unique man. And he used what I call, it's not overtly communicated here to us, but he used what I call the word of knowledge a lot. He used that gift so he could look beyond the, the facade and beyond and look into the heart. And he looked at this man and he looked in the heart and he did not see authenticity. And he said to this man, you want to follow me because you think I have it going on. You think I got a house. Somewhere, somehow you could come and chill. So Jesus said to him, young man, foxes have holes and birds have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head and rest. I got a crib. <laughs> Put it this way. Excuse my colloquial language. He said... <laughs> I ain't got a crib 
For you to come and relax and put up your legs and drink some coffee? No. I, I have nowhere to stay. Uh-huh. You got verse, verse 58. I think that's what Jesus responded. Verse 58. Sorry about that. And I'm going to look at the barrier here. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man, can you say son of man? Have no, not where to lay his head. Amen. Now I think our exhibit is here. Can you show our exhibit this morning? Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. So since as we set our eyes on this exhibit, mm -hmm, glory be to God. I want to ask you, as 2023 comes to an end, what are the barriers? You see that big old stone that's in the road right there? It is what I call a barrier of barriers, a hindrance, uh-huh, an obstacle. What are the obstacles, the hindrances and the barriers, amen, that's preventing us from fully and wholly committing to God as we should? Mm -hmm. What is it? Because as we, as we said before, the liberty we experience here, the freedom we experience here. Can I say the goodness of God we experience here? That's not, that's not experienced in the, in the world. I was going to say another word, but let me say world. <laughs> Amen. We should be doing better than that. Amen. We should be more committed, brothers and sisters. Well, so I'm asking you, as 2023 comes to a close, what are the barriers? For this man, his barrier was a comfort. He was looking for a place to chill. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Is that true? And God said to him, foxes have holes and birds have nests. Now we know... <laughs> and I'm, I'm reviewing. We know Jesus was correct. Because all we heard after that was crickets. Mm, what did we hear? Crickets. The man said nothing. Because Jesus called his bluff. Jesus said, I know what you're after. You're after coming home. Amen. You're, you're looking for a home. Not with me. But you got to commit. Oh, you will get a house. Because I'll show you what Jesus said. No man or woman who hath left mother and father. I'll show you. But Jesus said, as for now, I'm looking for people who are fully invested. I'm looking for people who are fully committed. And God would have me mention this to you, brothers and sisters, this morning. That's the kind of people he's looking for. Amen. He's looking for a remnant few. God is interested in large numbers, yes. But when he gets a remnant few to move the world. Mm, are you with me, saints? And so let's move on to our next individual. I think it's verse 60. Is it 60? Amen. So our first obstacle to committing to following Jesus as is. We identified what was the first obstacle? Comfort. Don't forget that the first obstacle is what? Comfort. We are we just like being comfortable and, and cozy. Mm -mm. Or not. <laughs> Amen. Just, just now let me share with you. Let me share this with you. You know there is nothing wrong with being comfortable and cozy. The problem is when it becomes your preoccupation. <laughs> 
Yeah, when, when he becomes, that's the major thing I'm looking for. I always want to be comfortable. I always want to be cozy at the expense of everybody else. Now then, it be, it's become a problem. It's an obstacle. We were not born to be comfortable since. We were born to be warriors. <laughs> the Christian life is like none to an athlete, a farmer, a soldier. That doesn't sound like comfort to me. Well, 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 some of you, okay. Hallelujah. Hopefully we'll get it down the road. Amen. Praise the Lord. But brothers and sisters, the, the first enemy of commitment we saw here is the need to be comfort. Comfortable, sorry. Amen. The need to be comfortable. Let's move on to our next verse uh, 59. And he said to another, follow me. He's asking to do what? Follow me. One volunteer, I'll follow you. The other here is saying, follow me. He's telling another, follow me. And here is his response. Verse 59. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Jesus said to him, let the spiritually dead bury the physical dead. Because that's not why you don't want to follow me. Because if your father was dead, you would not be standing here today. You would be home somewhere trying to help. Of course, we established before, we established before that in the Jewish community, they buried the same day. Amen? They did not embalm like we do today. There was no business of for funeral homes back then. If you were funeral, if you were funeral home owner, you would starve. <laughs> no business. They buried the same day. So if your father is dead and they buried him the same day, what are you doing standing here? So we know it was not. So the, that's why Jesus responded the way he responded. And we concluded that this man, maybe his father was ill, but he wanted to go home to ensure that his name was on his father's will. Mm, he wanted a steak in the pie. Amen. You get what I'm saying, saints? So we see here now one of the another enemy of commitment could be the need to be financially stable. No, no, there is nothing wrong to be financially stable. For that matter, you and I should ensure we are. Amen. But when it becomes your preoccupation, when it becomes an excuse for following Jesus the way he asks you to follow him, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You, nothing is wrong with these obstacles we are talking about but when they become a preoccupation when they become your overarching reason for living in this life then it's become a problem if you're living to ensure that you get a steak in the pudding and that's what drives you that's your motivation it's an obstacle you cannot give your all to jesus because jesus is asking you to follow me leave everything behind and follow me like peter did like james and uh, the sons of Zebedee did. They left their father. We'll read it in a while. Left their father in a boat. Mending a net. Walk away from their livelihood. Peter left his family. 
walking on water 3 a.m. 3 in the morning your wife is home talking about commitment and faithfulness and loyalty and authenticity that's what Jesus is looking for and you know brothers and sisters today in today's organization if you're not all in if you don't have skin in the game you don't experience the benefits of these organizations so too in Christianity if you have no skin in the game you see I think that's our problem we have no skin in the game uh, let me move on here is, is it okay if I move on let me move on here I came here with a sermon. Let me, let me continue with my sermon here this morning. So, we see here. This man's excuse, barrier is money. The need. Amen. Let's look, to, let's look at our next quickly because I have, I have, I have, I have to, move, to move a little quickly. Amen. Is that all right? So we said the need to be financially secure or just security on a whole can be a hindrance to committing to God. You know what Paul said? Paul said, the things that I have gained, I consider them lost for the sake of Christ. And Paul gave a list of things and he said they are all poop. I didn't say that. That's what Paul, Paul said they are all dung. D-U-N-G is what? Dung. That it's, 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 uh, are you with me, sense? It's not, the Bible said that, not me. Paul said all these things I have acquired, they count for nothing. Because Paul knew that in the end, brothers and sisters, that is why it's good to live with a heavenly perspective. I think our problem as Christians, we do not live with a heavenly perspective. I ask a saint this week, pastor, what drives you? When you get up in the morning, is it that Jesus might crack the skies or not? Is it that you want to be told, well done, or you're just looking to have a good day and just, uh, bless God. Uh, you know, what drives you when you get up in the morning? Think about it, sense. Think, think about it. I ask him, what drives you, sir? When you get up in the morning. Because you live so carelessly. Comfort. Be careful with it. Amen. Uh, Father we give you praise. Be careful with the need for security. You know in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2. Let me go there quickly. Before we move to our next exhibit, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 alerts us that in the last days, in the last days, you got it? In the last days, it's right here. Men and women. <laughs> you see, you see, you see the word men again. It doesn't mean male man. That word men is anthropos. That is from the Greek word. Uh, that's where we get our English word anthropology, which is the study of humanity. So that word there is anthropo. Okay, so it means for human beings. Can you say both male and female? Yes, women too. Uh, apostle, women too. <laughs> yes, sir, don't leave them out. They shall be what? Lovers of their own selves. How 
many of you seem to think that we are living in these last days? Yeah, because it seems like people are all about themselves. What they can get. Not what they can contribute or give, but what they can get. Yes, it's all about me. I'm going to get all I can. Then I'm going to can all I get. I'm going to sit on my can with a 45 swinging. Nobody comes getting nothing. Anyhow. <laughs> are you with me, sir? Do you think we're living in the last days? Yeah, because it's always about me. And unfortunately, we seem to be intoxicated with ourselves. It's unfortunate. You know, you, you, you know there, there is a last. There is another. <laughs> trait of the last day I want to bring to your attention. Uh, in verse 4. Can you go to verse 4? Same text, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 4. Amen. You got it? It says, for men shall be lovers. You got it there? The same text. 2 Timothy 3, but verse 4. We looked at the first. We looked at lovers of their own selves. There is another one. Lovers of pleasures. More than lovers of God. Anybody can identify? You think people nowadays love pleasure more than they love God? Yeah, you can see it, right? You, you can see it, you can feel it. People talk about it. Yes, out. No, let me say that. Let me say this right here. I got to say this. There is nothing wrong in having a good time. You would agree? But when having a good time is the reason why you leave. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It is pretty empty. Let me share with you. We know of people who seem to have it going. We hear of the, they commit suicide. Mm -hmm. You know what broke my heart? There was a young attorney in New York living on the 52nd floor. I forgot her name of a building. She seems to have it going on. Seems to have it going on. And jumped from the 52nd floor of a building. Everybody thought she had it going on. Everybody. The world thought she had it going on. Let me share with you brothers and sisters. God is looking. And he sent me to tell you this morning. He's looking for a few committed individuals. You know the word committed is not in the Bible. It's not in the King James Version. Let me be specific. You know, there is one version that they use in heaven. That's King James. <laughs> Amen. Now, I know there are other versions. There are the NASB, NIV. That's okay. But mommy told me there is one version they use in heaven. And I believe her. In the King James Version, the word commitment is not there. But you know, its synonym is there. And that is faithfulness. What's it? It is faithfulness. The first time the word, now, 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 now faithfulness, a variation of that word is faithful. Uh-huh. Authentic. Loyal. True. We are the people. We are God's people who should be authentic and loyal and true. Mm, Pastor Webb, where, where, where are they? <laughs> so a variation of that word is faithful. The very first time the word faithful was used was when, was in, <laughs> Lord, it just slept me. But you remember when Moses married the Ethiopian woman. 
I think in Numbers chapter 12 somewhere, I'm not sure. And the Bible said, Amen, Miriam and her brother began to talk against Moses. Because, you know, he married out of the race. You have a Jew marrying a black woman. And some of you better be very careful. God doesn't care who you're married to. Because there is one race, that's the human race. Don't you look at uh, African, um, African-Americans and Chinese and talk about them. African-Americans and, 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 and Caucasians and talk about them. These people are married, bless them and move on. Amen. Are you with me, saints? Bless them and move on. Because if you keep talking against them, you might just get a bout of leprosy like Miriam did. God got so mad and God said, look, listen now. God said to her, who gave you the right to speak about my servant Moses? Yeah, he's your little brother. Yes, you know, you know, Miriam was the one who kept him in the water. In, she rescued him in River Nile. You, you know, because she changed his diaper. <laughs> you know, all the siblings sometimes don't have respect for the younger siblings. You know, that's the way it is. But not when God has set him or her apart for his use. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Oh, no, you and I have to be very careful. And so, can I move on? <laughs> and so, I'm still on the word faithful. And so, God told Miriam, oh, oh, if there is any other prophet, I speak to them in dreams. This man Moses, I speak to him face to face. See, he said, this man, no, no, he said, not only is Moses, he said, the reason is because I speak with Moses face to face is because Moses is faithful. Oh, that bless my heart. He said, Moses is in all my house. The man is serving faithfully. And in 2 Corinthians, Oh, I got to give you that verse because it's used for ministers and Christians also. It said that moreover, a steward must be found, must be found what? Faithful. A steward must be found faithful, authentic, true, loyal. Let me, let me give you the text. Because I think it's a good text to walk away with. What do you think? First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2. Yes. Thank you Lord. I think it's coming up. So we all can read it. Yeah. Hallelujah. It, it, yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, I'm saying that because I felt so heavy last evening. You know here am I. I'm moving over to. Acts chapter 8 to continue talking about Paul and Ananias. And the Lord said to me, hold on now. We are not done as you think. Amen. I need, I'm still looking for a faithful few. Mm -hmm. That's what he said to me. I'm still looking for what? A faithful few. A few good men and women. Because I've got an army. I think that has to do with the army, right? <laughs> looking for what? What's the army logo? Looking for a what? A few good men. The Marines, thank you so much. Yes, we have, we have somebody who is experiencing the Marines. What is it, Doc? Looking for a few, a few good men. Not too many people. A few good committed men. 
Because we can change the world. Moreover, it is a requirement in stewards. That word stewards means household governors, but figuratively it means ministers. Can you say ministers? Should be what? That a human being be found? Yes. Yes. That's why I ask, what drives you in the morning? Let me share with you one of the benefits of memorizing scripture and and um, always doing it is God brings these verses to your mind. You see, you see, sometimes life can weigh you down. And as you're being weighed down and the temptation come to act in a way that's less faithful, the Holy Ghost will bring that up. And it tells you more of a Emmanuel. It is a requirement. Even if you're under pressure. Even if it seems like things are not working out, the requirement still is that you be found faithful. And I stand back, I said, Sir, yes, sir. Tears in my eyes. Oh, Jesus, yes, sir. That's the beauty of memorizing scripture. The Holy Ghost can reach way back down and bring that to your remembrance. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say thank God for the word of God? Can you say, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh God, we give you praise. Ah. You know, I'm, I'm wrestling with ideas. So I came back to my anchor. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, the word felt, the word follow me means to be in the same with to a company to keep reaching and that's why god here is asking for us to keep reaching amen to be like him keep reaching to be like whom like jesus since i'm going to share with you a secret well i don't i don't say it's, it's a secret it's something i've developed i'm developing but i'm going to put out i'm going to put it out there you know because i think it's a course God has given me that I'm writing. And I have gone around and asked many brothers and sisters, what is the overarching goal of Christianity? What is it? What is the overarching? And many people have said to me, they've said, Pastor, it is to witness. Amen? It is to witness. That's wonderful. Amen? That's okay. A uh, 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 pastor, you, know, and, and you, you seldom hear that. You seldom hear the overarching reason, the goal of Christendom. What it is? Is it to be like my pastor? No. Now Paul said to follow me as I follow Christ. And I said, thank you, Paul, but I'm going to look unto Jesus, who is the author and finish of my faith. Thank you, Paul. I thank you. You got your stuff together, but I'm going to look at the real deal. Mm -hmm. It's all right. What, what is the overarching goal of Christianity? Is it to witness? Is it to be like a pastor? Is it to be like Pastor Benny Hinn? What is it? And Elder, over and over and over and over, I'm asking people, what is the overarching goal? And sadly, one person was able to tell me, what is the, why are you saved? People say, to go to heaven. No. 
If it was to go to heaven, as soon as you get saved, you'd be dead. And God took you to heaven. Mm? And you see the fuzziness and the cloud that's around that particular question. That's, what, that's what's created the issue we have today. Because if you do not know where, going, where you are going, you cannot get there. Well, I, I, I expect it to go like that. That's okay. <laughs> the overarch and some of you saying, give it to me, I will. <laughs> Amen. It's in a course. And I'm, the, the course is the route to get there. The overarching goal of Christianity is to be like Jesus. <laughs> Very simple. It's to be like whom? And if Christians are in a route to be like Jesus, we would not have all the problems you are having today. The overarching God is not to come to church. No, you get to do that. For that matter, the more you become like Jesus, is the more you'll come to church. Uh, the more you become like Jesus, is the more effective you'll be in witnessing. Uh, it's not to be a perfect husband. It's not to be a perfect wife. It's to be like Jesus. Because the more you come like Jesus, you'll be a perfect husband. That is what has helped me over the years, Elder Brenda. I asked God long ago, why am I here? He said, it's to be like Jesus. It's to be a little Jesus. And brother, I took off learning to be like Jesus. Oh God, I give you praise. Well, the cat is out of the bag now. <laughs> ah, glory be to God. Are you with me? That is why there is so much fuzziness going. And you see, Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say follow anything else. He didn't say come with me to church. No. You follow me. You mimic me. You be like me. Come and learn how to be committed like me. Come learn how to be loyal and authentic and true. So power can flow through you. Glory be to Jesus. Hey. Yeah. And so, Elder, we have to ask ourselves, as 2023 comes to an end, what are the obstacles? What are the hindrances? What are the barriers? What is it? You and I have to sit back. God asked me to tell you this. He said, when you go home today, look at the, remember the exhibit, that big old stone. And write down what you think that stone might be. Write it down for you. It may be different for me. It may be different for you. But write it down. And deal with it. Because it's looking for a few good men and women. To change the world. And so he went around saying follow me. And he's extending that same invitation to us this morning. Follow me. Follow me. You know, the rich young ruler. His problem was the love of money. That's another barrier to commitment. The love of money. For Nicodemus, it was prestige and power 
Nicodemus couldn't follow Jesus because he was well he was well known in the community. He had a reputation as a teacher of the law and didn't know what the little did squad about it. Jesus said, "Aren't you a teacher in Jerusalem? Aren't you they call the big dog?" The teacher of teachers, aren't you teaching pastors and you do not know what it is to be born again? <laughs> and so his prestige, his notoriety, oh, some people live for that. Well known. But let me share this with you. On that day, when every one of us kneel before the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords, one thing will matter. What you did for Jesus. Yeah, what you did for Jesus, what you did with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is why you, that is why I'm afraid to be a fake. Let me let me let me the one thing I'm afraid to be, I'm telling you, is to be a fake. If I cannot get it right, I'm out of the way. Mm -hmm. One thing is, I, I read something apostle that says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And I don't want to fall into the hands. <laughs> oh, I've read the I've, I read the Bible, I see what he can do. I saw what he's done. And brother, it gave me perspective of who I'm dealing with. Oh, glory be to Jesus. You, you get the Bible. I, Pastor Webb, I sat back in Lebron, no? Elder Tory. V. I sat back and I compared the United States with all these other nations. And there is only one reason why this country is prospering. One reason. In God. Uh, even if it's not done well, but it's written. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. Oh, and I said, wow, well, I'm going to pattern my life after one who trusts in God. Because I have a generation following me. I want Emmanuel's kids. Oh, these men who left England came here. They were not perfect men. We know that. But what we see, what we are seeing now is because of what they did. As imperfect as they are. You miss a good time to say amen. amen. <laughs> I, 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 all right, okay. All right. Maybe what I read, I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, God, I give you praise. God, I give you praise. God is still looking for a selected few. And he asked me to ask you, will it be you? Dick, will it be you? Will it be you, Minister Jim? Will it be you? Will it be you? Will it be you? Ella, will it be you? Will it, will it be you? Will it be you? He's still asking. Pastor, will it be you? He's still looking for selected few. Will it be you, prophetess? Will it be you, apostle? Will it be you? Yes, will it be you? Will it be you, Dickness? Will it be you? Will it be you? Yeah, will it be you? 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 Miss Lou, my wife. Will it be you? Will it be you? You who are looking, will it be you? He's still looking. He's still looking for a selected few. That is why he asked me to wrap up this session. 
by addressing the hindrances, the barriers to commitment. We see in the Bible what hindered people. Let us not, saints, let us not repeat history. Mm, let's be better than that. The Bible says, I'm looking for the text. I think it's in Philippians chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians 3, 9. It says, for it is God who works in us. I think it's Philippians 3. Notice, it is God who what? Works. The word works means to energize. Give the ability to. So it's God who energizes us. He works in us both to will. You, you, see, you, see, you see? You got it? You, get, you got it? Sorry, Philippians? Philippians 2.13. Thank you so much. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who what? He works in us. It's coming. He, he, he gives us. Listen, he works in us. And this is what he's working in us to do. He's working in us to what? <laughs> to give us willingness. So sometimes people say, Father... I don't feel like he'll give it to you. <laughs> Sometimes you <don't, laughs> that is how good God is. It's he, both to will and to do. To do is he gives you the ability to. So he works, he energizes, he energizes you to give you the willingness and the ability to do for his word. So most of the time, this is my prayer. Lord, make me willing to be willing. Because sometimes I don't feel like. You see, when I don't feel like, I don't just walk away. That's it. You see, that, that's the problem. When we don't feel like, prophetess, we just throw in the towel. No, no, that's a good place to ask for help. Lord, I don't feel like, but make me willing to be willing. I got the flesh I got to fight with. I got the enemy in me. I got issues. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, but I got Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in me. And let me share with you. When the Bible says God, it's talking about the word of God and the Holy Ghost. If you have no word in there, forget it. The Holy Ghost can't do anything. Forget it. Because the Bible says the word of God is like a hammer. A hammer in whose hands? A hammer in the hands of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost will break down some stuff. With the word of God in you, just break down mindsets and old ways of thinking. But if you have nothing in there, he has no hammer. <laughs> no hammer, he just, what's going on? <laughs> I can't do nothing. All that hollering, I can't do anything. But when you, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> ah. Anyhow, saints, isn't God a wonderful God? Will you be one of those who are committed? I'll, re I'll read this. I, I was reading an article on obstacles, and this is what the writer says. And I'll close with this right here. The writer says, interesting though, which is so true. If only I get it, I will read it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, what are some of the hurdles or stumbling blocks that impede our progress? These are things we need to think about. What are some of the hurdles or stumbling blocks that limit our spiritual usefulness? What are some of the hurdles and stumbling blocks 
that hinders total commitment to God. He said some are self-imposed. Some, some are what? As we imprisoned, as we are imprisoned by our own irresponsibility. Since let me share with you, irresponsibility will imprison you. Hear me? Let me tell you what else will imprison you. Recklessness. Let me tell you what else. Thoughtlessness. Negligence. And what it does. Let me tell you what it does. When you are thoughtless and negligent and reckless and irresponsible. And when you behave that way, it reinforces to yourself. It tells your mind that's who you are. You're just a failure. And, and if you don't open up your mouth and say, what I do doesn't define me. I know who I am. I may have made a mistake, but that's not who I am. If you don't open your mouth and take that thought, you'll be imprisoned. And then you'll start saying it. Everybody, everybody said to me, I was this. Everybody, who cares about that? Who needs to hear that laundry? Everybody said this about me. Well, that's who I am. Who's everybody? They, they said this about me. They said that about me. You, I'm, telling, I'm trying to share with you. Be careful. Let me share with you since that's why I always try to deliver. Because it reinforces who I am. You know that sounds like, psycholo like psychology. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> let, let me bring this to a close. <laughs> bring this to a close. Because I got a lot to talk about. But I'm going to bring this to a close. Simply put, saints, God has not forgotten anybody here. Still reaching out. And I'm asking you for the blessings and opportunities God has blessed us with in this country. Let's try to do better. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand of praise? Let's, come on, let's try to do better. Come on, man. Let's try to do better. Let, let's, let's just try. Notice I didn't even say let's do better. When I go home, I'll tell myself that. <laughs> In the mirror, amen. But I'm saying let's just try to do better. A little more. Just try. And as you try, God will put that umph. So you'll try umph. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. 
This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.